0: Scott for Scotts here. Do you hear that? Bring the mic in close. That's not how the grass should sound. There's weeds everywhere in this lawn. It's time to take action with Scott's Turf Builder, Triple Action. It gets three jobs done at once, kills weeds, prevents crabgrass, and feeds your lawn so it keeps growing strong. Ah, much better. Get a bag of Scott's Triple Action today. It's guaranteed, or your money back. Feed your lawn, feed it. Today is Fe- Monday, February the 7th, 2011, or 2011, whatever you want to call it. This is episode number 85 of the aforementioned Purple Mafia. Thank you very much for joining once again. We appreciate each and every one of you for downloading and listening to this show, which is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I am your host, Joey Awajian, or Paladino Joey, as Dylan Richardson is so kind to introduce me at the introduction of this show. Well, of course, we are going to, (laughs) we're going to review the Super Bowl, Super Bowl number 45, and we have a little bit of Viking news to get to. Not really so much, in fact, it's just, yeah, it's the kind of stuff you don't really want to hear about, is it? No, because what kind of Viking news would there be when the Green Bay Packers are world champions? What kind of Viking news would it be? Well, it'd be bad, right? Yeah, it's bad. Everson Griffin, yeah, Everson Griffin, we're going to get to what happened with him. Oh... Freaking Goody. Accused of assaulting officer. All that good stuff. Yeah, we're going to talk about some of that. Took place. Oh, early last week. Oh, Goody. Just very exciting stuff. We're going to get to that. And, of course, the Super Bowl. We're going to, first and foremost, though, get to your Facebook uh, comments. Got into a little uh, conversation with Janine here tonight. Janine Dites will say. Actually, on my Facebook page. We're going to also get to the the Purple Mafia Facebook page. We'll get to that first. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Thank you always for joining that page. I encourage those of you out there that are listening, please join that page. It only helps the show. Uh, that would be great indeed. Uh, again, no call-ins for Purple Mafia. Once again, episode number 85 is mentioned. No call The number is two zero nine seven three six. 7877 it is a voicemail do treat it as such we would like you to please call in and mention you're uh, calling in for purple mafia and then do your comment shout out whatever but uh yeah i miss you guys out there i miss you where are you where'd you go come on now come back come back i know the uh vikings had a really bad season i know the green bay packers won their fourth super bowl yesterday oh for the love of god Yeah, the Green Bay Packers won their fourth Super Bowl yesterday. (laughs) This is beyond belief! It's, uh, it's just... I can't believe it. Uh, yeah, we're happy for them. Um, and in a sad, subtle way, I was rooting for them because I'm so sick and tired of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I just, I don't like them. I don't like Ben Loethlisberger. Uh, I, I like Richard Mendenhall, and I'm sure the Packers do too because if he didn't fumble that football who knows, the Steelers may have gone on to win the game yesterday, turnovers again, another haunting memory of that bleeping game late last January against those bleeping Saints, Turn, turnovers, what do you say, turnovers, so I'm already kind of talking about the Super Bowl, sorry about that, Facebook group, get to the Facebook group, Joey, get to the Facebook group, Joey, <laughs> it might help, right? So, again, as mentioned, facebook.com forward slash pro mafia show. Not too complicated. A lot of the usual posters, and I appreciate you guys very much. Tony L. Coleman said, anybody but Green Bay. This was late last night after, of course, the Packers won. It's like anyone but them. Oh, and uh, oh no, that was actually before the Super Bowl, I believe. Yes. Yes, it was. Mm. And, of course, the Packers won. Brent Jacobson makes a interesting comment here. It'd be fun if he actually called it in, but because, you know, you know, Brent Jacobson with his anecdotes. They're very cool. Kind of like his uh, picture on Facebook right now. It's, a, I mean it's, it's the shape of the state of Minnesota with the Minnesota Wild logo kind of in it. It's kind of cool looking. Um, but anyway, his question is, what's the difference between a female Packer fans and a bullhead? One is smelly and has whiskers. The other is a fish. Oh, my God! Ouch. <laughs> yeah, um, that's interesting. We, we love it very much. I appreciate that there, Brent Jacobson. Thank you again for that. <laughs> Intriguing. Um, but, uh, yeah. It's just one of those things. I mean, <laughs> you're going to get some uh, needling back and forth between Packer fans and Viking fans. Unfortunately, the Packers are ahead 4-0 to zero in that category. And it really sucks, folks. It's now 4-0. to zero. The Packers now have as many victories as the Vikings have losses in the Super Bowl, and they've been to uh, five of them. We've been to four. They're four and 4-1. We are 0-4. Great. Just, just great. Dan Taylor summing it all up right here. A god-awful, a god-awful end to a god-awful season. At least we can look forward to a 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers as Vikes quarterback in 2012. Beautiful. Good thoughts there by Dan Taylor. And you know what, I don't blame him for that type of statement. I, I can't really uh, can't really blame him for that. That's what kind of, that just seems to be how things operate here in Minnesota. You know, we get Randall Cunningham, when he was older, yeah, he had one really good year, and he stunk the next year. We had Warren Moon in 2004, excuse me, yeah, right, 94, Warren Moon in 94, uh, he was, actually that was arguably his worst year as the Vikings quarterback, but it was the best team at the time. The Vikings kind of slowly went into some type of identity change. They went from a really good defensive team with a good offense into a team that was all offense and no defense. Thanks to Dennis Green's horrible drafting and his one-crack mind. Yeah, that was great. We went 05, or excuse me 95 and 96. But Warren Moon, never really a champion, never won a playoff game in his life. So I would see him as a championship quarterback at age 38. Again, beyond me, and uh, I wish I knew better back then, but I didn't. I didn't. I was still a very uh, budding new Viking fan back then. Boy, this is going to be my 20th season watching the Vikings in 2011. Whew, that's pretty crazy. Very Tharv-like in the years there. Uh, Dan Duro says, this year has started off terrible, of course, because of what happened last night. Tony Coleman, Twineball says, hey, or ha-ha, Dan <laughs> That's exactly what I said to my buddy tonight. I was bumming on Aaron Rodgers, but then I turned to my wife and said, we'll like him in a few years though when he's a Viking. Well, I hope so. I hope it's not too many years. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I think I was probably a one-time phenom, guys, and I'm sure you guys all know that. You're just having fun. Tony, again, as if the Viking season wasn't bad enough with all that happened. Childress fired Harvin's migraines, but Harvin did have a good year, and I'm going to be talking about him in uh, the next episode. He's going to get one of those three awards, we'll just say. <laughs> okay, I shouldn't have said that. Randy Moss debacle, for drama, stadium collapse, now the topper. The Packers win the Super Bowl. Well, at least the well, at least triple has nowhere to go but up next season. You know, I can't disagree with that. You're telling me the Vikings are going to win six games next year? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be a higher total than six in the next season. I mean, you got to be kidding me. If somebody tells me the Vikings are going to win six games next year, I'm going to just throw up. I'm going to vomit. I'm going to just want to move to... This. Uh, no, okay, no, I won't go that far, but, I, uh, yeah, but yeah, maybe, no, I won't. Uh, Brent Jacobson, final statement here on the Facebook page for this show, he says, this sentiment might be slightly painful, and this is a very good thing that he says, by the way, but, uh, slightly painful, but if we want to be where the Packers are today, we should follow their lead and build from the trenches out, start with solidifying our O and D lines, then add pieces that will complement as we build it. And treat the draft picks like gold. Personally, at 12. I would take an offensive or defensive line min, I'm sure, or yeah. Trade Barian, add picks, and stockpile young, you know, young players like Green did. And that is a sincere clap. Uh, Brent, I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. And that's not because I'm sitting up here and being Mr. Per- Mr. Nice, Mr. Minnesota Purple Mafia Nice, which some people may quietly think of me. That's not who I am. No, I disagree with people at times. Of course I do. I um, hope I didn't alienate some people with the whole Joe Webb thing because I'm not as high on Joe Webb as a lot of you guys are. I'm just not. I, I like him as a player. I like. I think he's a great athlete. Do I think he's a future quarterback in this league? Maybe. I said maybe. I didn't say no. I said maybe. Okay? So we'll leave it at that. Uh, But no, speaking of future quarterbacks, yeah, what do you think the the Vikings need in Aaron Rodgers? The Vikings need in Aaron Rodgers. They need to get lucky. The Vikings need to get lucky. And we're going to, of course, get into that in the next episode, 86, which will be called, (laughs) I'm already telling you what the title of that episode will be, State of the Vikings Address 2011. Plain and simple, because I do it every year. We put a bow on the Vikings season uh, for 2010, hand out the awards for... uh, you know, the most valuable player, the most improved, and the biggest disappointment. I do that for all three of my shows for every season. I put a bow on, you know, State of the Vikings address, State of the Wild, State of the Timberwolves, whatever, you know, you get the idea. Um, But no, this is kind of like a State of the Vikings type of uh, post here. Very, very cool, actually. I like it a lot. Sorry about that noise there. Uh, Very cool stuff there by Brent Jacobson. I mean, how do you win a championship in the trenches? Or how do you win in general in the trenches? uh, Berrien has brought the Vikings a whole lot of nothing other than a couple of good games against the New Orleans Saints. He had a good game against the Saints in 2008. He had a good game against the Saints in 2009. Other than that, I'm still waiting for really anything out of the guy other than drop passes, uh, blown routes, and uh, God knows what else. I just, you know, and a lot of money going into a black hole. I mean, Bernard Black Hole Berrien or Bernard Stonefingers Berrien, both of those nicknames fit him very well because he can't catch and he's a black hole. The money's the money's gone, and uh, thanks a lot for that, Bernard. We appreciate it. Go back to the Bears. Go back to the Bears. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. And then he'd probably do good again when he went there. Uh, adding graph picks. Yeah, this team needs picks like they need to breathe. Don't trade picks. Just don't trade picks unless you're unless you're getting like a a quarterback that's thirty that's thirty, not forty this time. Um. But, no, they need an Aaron Rodgers. Plain and simple, they need an Aaron Rodgers. And, of course, the O and D lines are huge. Defensive line, actually, the depth is fantastic. you got Fred Evans and, of course, my guy, Latroy Guyon, who will probably start next year in uh, place of Patrick Williams, who is probably all but completely done now. i got to think he is done. Um, (laughs) Yeah, quarterback and the two lines, absolutely. Offensive line, though. Offensive line. Um, now, you always want to talk about the best player available uh, in the draft, and yes, that's absolutely true. If there's an offensive lineman that is worthy of a pick at number 12, you know, a guy who isn't necessarily projected to be like the 45th pick, you don't just take it for need at, at 12. If the guy is projected to be the 45th pick or something, like the best O-lineman available is that low. But uh, if there's a guy that warrants the pick, uh, 12th overall pick, you might have to disappoint some fans and take an O-lineman you just might, okay, again, getting ahead of myself into episode 86 there, but a great, great post by Brent Jacobson, I just, you know, you know, hey, you got to lower your pride, and learn from, (laughs) learn from your opponents, learn from your rivals, how they did it, because what do you, what, what what do the Packers have that we don't, rings, what do we want, rings, we want rings in this town, man, I want rings, so bad, and that'll segue perfectly into my little conversation with Janine Deitz. I hope I'm saying her name correctly again. Holy cow! Lots of talking. I'm gonna kind of go back and forth. Yeah, I started off with a statement saying, uh, after last, after what I saw in last night's Super Bowl, I want one even more. And that's saying a lot. I want it so bad, folks. And I do. I can't even express it here on Criminal Mafia and do it justice. No, I want a Super Bowl so bad, folks, especially after last night. Janine says, the question to ask yourself is, what would the outcome have been if the Steelers had not turned the ball over three times, resulting in 21 points for the Packers? The Packers only scored 10 points, not counting the turnovers. Turnovers are where the Packers won. My comment basically is, well, that's exactly what happened to the Vikings in 2009, so it's even more haunting. And yes, it makes me even hungrier to win a championship, because when you're there and you know you probably should have won the game, yeah, then... You know, it's like you wanted even more. You were there. You had it. Just, just, just win it, please. Um, Janine's response to that says, "Yes, it does." How it sucks, I said. And to make matters worse, now Green Bay will rub salt in our wounds for the next year. I just hope the Super Bowl curse holds up, and they get their asses handed to them next year. Yeah, I mean, there haven't been really any repeats, have there? Not since the Denver Broncos in '97, in '98. There haven't been any repeats. Or excuse me, New England Patriots did repeat. Wrong again, Joey. 03 and 04. And that was a great football team, but since then, <laughs> we haven't seen anything close to it. Um, the Steelers were not very good in 06. The the Colts were not as good in 07. The the the, the Patriots were certainly not as good as uh oh wait, excuse me. Yeah, certainly not as good in O eight as they were in 07. Uh, the Patriots or the Giants. Actually, the Giants had a better record, but they stunk in the playoffs. So, they blew it. They lost right off the bat in the playoffs. Uh, The Steelers were not as good in 09 as they were in 08 after they won their championship. And of course the uh, Saints, not as good this year as they were the previous year. Still had the talent, but they didn't win. They lost in the first round. So, that's how it goes. Hopefully the Packers do get beaten in the first round by the Vikings. That'd be nice. Though I wouldn't mind seeing the uh, ultimate, (laughs) as I mentioned on here, the ultimate Beat the Packers in the ultimate stage that's, that's available, like what the Bears and Packers had. They got to finally put their rivalry in the biggest stage possible, the NFC title game. That would be pretty cool and beat the Packers, and that would be pretty fun. Though losing a game like that would be the biggest. That, that's where you go to risk. If you lose, oh, boy, you don't get that one back, folks. You don't get it back. You don't. And, uh, unfortunately, I'm also afraid that the Packers, ladies and gentlemen, which I mentioned on here, before Janine responds, that, uh, the Packers just might be the next multi-championship team here yeah they might be the Patriots who then passed it on to the Steelers who I think last night may have passed it on to the Packers unfortunately could have been a changing of the guard I mean the ultimate way to make a changing of the guard is to beat the actual dynasty in the biggest stage possible and the Packers did it so uh uh-oh scary Interesting thoughts here by Janine again. Says she heard, certainly hopes I'm wrong about the Packers being possibly that next multi-Super team. She says, but they are one cocky team. Heard on the news tonight that the team was fitted for their Super Bowl rings before the game was even played. That's kind of funny. And uh, I also noticed, yeah, as we're slowly going to segue into the Super Bowl itself here pretty soon. Before we go to, I mean, we'll go to break first, though. But, uh, yeah, the Packers absolutely look like they had it in the bag mentally, mentally they had they had this thought that, yeah, we got this thing in the bag, we got it, and uh, the Vikings kind of had that attitude going into the Saints game last year, and uh, the Vikings were the better team, but they turned the ball over six times, the difference here, the Packers took that confidence and won, the Vikings took the confidence, got punched in the mouth a little bit, and did not win, even though they clearly, <laughs> they outplayed the Packers outside of the freaking turnovers. Outside of the turnovers, the Vikings did outplay the, the Packers. The Saints, excuse me, last year. So it's one of those things. The Steelers statistically outplayed the Packers, yes, but they turned the ball over. Because they had that they had that strong, deadly second half. It looked like the Steelers actually were going to win the Super Bowl until Mandon fumbled the ball. Ah, uh, good times there, yeah. In fact, I'm almost doing the review now, in a way. <laughs> it's crazy. It just never ends. We'll just finish up with what Janine had to say. Lots of stuff here still. She likes to write, but I like what she writes. It's strong stuff. It's good stuff. She says, agreed. That would be the ultimate accomplishment, of course, beating the Packers in the NFC Championship game. Uh, I can't help but wonder how much time will pass for that to come to fruition. Vikings have got a long uphill battle to get there. Lots of coaching changes made to start the transformation. And now issues with a possible? That's right. That's right. That's right. (laughs) That's the crappy thing that I always forget, tend to forget. Yeah. I haven't been talking about it much here on this show. I'm just assuming that we're just going to play football. Yeah, possible lockout and the draft. We need a reliable quarterback desperately, but our O line, D line, and special really sucked this year. Yeah, the D line was disappointing, no doubt about it. It was. It was. The depth is there, but uh, the uh, the the uh, <laughs> the result wasn't. No, it really wasn't. So again, that comes back to Brent Jacobson' strong statement as well. Very, very good. Uh, uh, Janine's final statement for now is, Chile really get a number on the emotional stability and self-doubt of this team. That's going to be quite a hurdle to get over, but Frazier is the guy who can get it done. And the team appears to have respect for, excuse me, appears to respect him as a player and a coach. Chile knew football but had no player experience and was emotionally distanced from the players and they sensed it. Well, the court that I most agree with, yes. He was emotionally distanced from the players, and they sensed it. Uh, he knew football? Yeah, he knew football. Um, the whole thing about experience from a player, that's not always fair, though. I mean, Bill Belichick didn't play. Bill Wallace didn't play. Uh, Mike Tomlin didn't play. That guy's a great coach. The Steelers coach, uh, Mike McCarthy, didn't play. He's, you know, yeah. I mean, you can't necessarily say, you know, that. I mean, I'm sure you expected that comeback from me, so... I won't bore you. I won't bore Janine or anybody else to death with with uh, going off and on about that. But it's just saying um, sometimes player coaches aren't always like a guarantee to do anything. Though yeah, it's nice that there's respect, but you gotta have results too. Respect and results. You gotta have R and R. You know, not just rest and relaxation. Respect and results. There you go. There's the new R and R for the Purple Mafia show. Hey, that was kind of cool. But uh, no, Frazier, Yeah. The guy does ooze positivity, and this team needs positivity <laughs> oozed in them. They need that positive energy <laughs> oozed in them. <laughs> they need that positivity to reflect on the, t- the play of the team, reflect on the attitude of the team, the, the whole aura surrounding the team, the organization. I like to talk like that. It's not a Canadian. But um, it's that's what it's about right there. That's, that's a start because Childress did not do that. Childress did the exact opposite. In fact, it seemed like 75 to 90% of the team hated the guy, or at least strongly disliked, so he can be a little bit nicer about it. Nice guys. But, um, yeah, I'm rambling a little bit much here. But then again, that's what you guys listen to the show for. You listen to hear my opinions, I hope. Okay, final story before we go to break. Final story before we take a break. Vikings, defensive end. Griffin, who, yeah, Everson Griffin, who potentially could replace Ray Edwards for uh, when he, if and when he leaves via free agency, which is expected. Yeah, he was accused of assaulting an officer. Oh, come on, man. Thank you, Everson. I mean, way to handle a situation, uh, way to handle yourself when it's time to become a professional. Maybe even, like, be a factor on this team that could really use you badly. There's a reason he went from a first-round pick to a fourth-round pick in their projections is because it just, I don't know, attitude issues. And uh, this, this totally sucks. you got to hope and pray that this can kind of sort of blow over and he'll be back on the team and and he'll actually be productive in this league, but I have no idea what's going to happen. you got to love to hear this, though, that police officers used a stun gun to subdue the 6'3", 275 Griffin during a struggle after he tried to flee. <laughs> Great, you know, but no, overall, he was accused of assaulting a police officer and faced NFL investigation last Tuesday after he was arrested during a cra- traffic stop in South Los Angeles. I'm guessing South Central LA, no, <laughs> with the way that's, yeah, they probably just didn't want to put South Central, that's not a, you know, that's not the best part of that city, but uh, who knows, then again, who knows, he probably wasn't there, who knows, whatever, just leave that alone, um, yeah, he was in jail for about nine and a half hours. He was released on a 50 grand bail. Just good stuff. <sighs> just going to get to this. We are aware of yesterday's alleged in- incident. That was, of course, Tuesdays, excuse me, or Mondays, involving Everson Griffin. Spokesman Jeff Anderson said, at the time, the team is gathering all the facts and will withhold any further comments. So that's about all you're going to get. That was the Vikings a spokesman right there. Uh, Jeff Anderson. Um, the overall frustration here is a guy who could potentially fill in for Ray Edwards, maybe be first round pick talent, getting in trouble here, and uh, that's too bad. It's quite a shame. A lot of people think this could be the end of him with the Vikings. Um, I don't know. <laughs> if it's me, you know, I can't make decisions for the team, I can't sit here and judge anything that I really not involved in overall though at the same time the frustration level is there i mean don't you know i can't judge anybody for saying if they want to keep him on the team or get them the hell out of here it's more or less man oh man you know it's one of those things grow up a little bit and uh, that's about it i mean who in the sam hill assaults a police officer or attempts to assault a police officer really you know a police officer a police officer I mean, this isn't a guy, this isn't some random bum on the street with a gun saying, hey, give me all your money. This is a cop. You don't even, you you don't, that's just common sense. You know you're going to get in major trouble for even considering assaulting a police officer. That's just common sense, and unfortunately, Everson Griffin, according to the storyline, does not have any. All right, there, uh, that's where I'm going to leave that. <sighs> Other than that, we wish him the best and hope that uh, this thing can be resolved and <laughs> and that he has a good NFL career with the Vikings. We'll see. Maybe he'll grow up from this. I don't know, but uh, that's a bad sign. That's a bad sign, even considering assaulting a police officer. That is just uh, this. This doesn't make any sense. It's just one of those things. You just it doesn't make any sense. No. So with that, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to talk some a bit about the Super Bowl. We are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 85, which is, again, a reminder for iPod users, Microsoft Zune as well, and along with other mb 3 players. Thank you always for downloading and listening to the show, as always, which is available on the thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. Well, the Super Bowl number 45, February the 6th, the Green Bay Packers won their fourth Super Bowl Defeating the Pittsburgh Steelers 31-25 to in a very good game. Yeah, a very good game. <laughs> but it looked like the Packers had this thing for quite a while. In fact, the first half <laughs> very much looked like the Packers had this thing in the bag. It really did. Oh, yes, it did. Uh, though, unfortunately, the first quarter, the first ten minutes of it, tedious, boring football, nervous players, Aaron Rodgers not completing passes at the rate you'd expect him to, and the his his end stat line fantastic, phenomenal, and deserving of the Most Valuable Player award. But both quarterbacks threw the ball too much in this game. I mean, you, you'd expect a little more running game, especially from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Major disappointment for the Pittsburgh Steelers to not run the ball more. Yeah, Brashard Mendenhall did fumble late in the fourth quarter, which was absolutely uh, kill, which absolutely killed the Steelers in the long run, or excuse me, early in the fourth quarter, that's when it really happened, yeah. Which led to a score for the Packers later, but we'll get to that when it matters. Um, no, no, neither team ran the ball particularly well in this game, or particularly often enough. Uh, Rashard Mendenhall did, should have gotten the ball more, Plain and simple. Ben Roethlisberger always quick on his feet, did gain some first downs, as expected. But Ben Roethlisberger, certainly not as clutch as <laughs> I thought he was going to be Aaron Rodgers, the completion percentage, really not that bad, because mostly later, in, as the game progressed, the guy was completing his passes, and some of it was drop passes. Oh, there were some drop passes in this game. Jordy, as in Jordy LaForge, no, Jordy Nelson, not even spelled the same as Jordy LaForge from Star Trek The Next Generation, but uh, Jordy Nelson uh, dropped about 17,000 passes, though he caught but he caught nine. <laughs> 9 passes, 140 yards, and a touchdown late in the game. That ended up being the clincher. And, uh, yes, it was. It was a biggie. Excuse me, that one was to Greg Jennings, but we'll just, yeah, we'll just forgive me for that. I guess we'll try to. (laughs) That one was to Greg Jennings. Yeah, there was a lot of touchdown passes thrown by Aaron Rodgers. Oh, man. Just, yeah, the Jordy Nelson one was the first one. That's kind of funny. Packers did get a scoring drive, finally going. About midway through the first quarter, ended it with about four minutes left to go. A very uh, solid drive by the Packers and an indicator of how this game was headed, that the Packers were the better team here. The Steelers just not getting anything going. The Packers then, (laughs) on the ensuing play, Nick Collins intercepts Ben Roethlisberger for a pick six, and the Pittsburgh Steelers clearly in trouble at this point. There was turnover number one, and it cost the, the Steelers six points. Technically seven after the uh, you know yeah <laughs> the extra point. Fourteen nothing Green Bay before the before even the start of the second quarter, and uh, I got you know you could just feel with the Pittsburgh Steelers that they're like oh boy we're not we weren't expecting this this is this is ridiculous what the hell we're the Steelers we're the Steelers we're gonna win our seventh Super Bowl heck a quarterback wears number seven for that reason right. We're going to win the 7th Super Bowl. I know it's not why he wears number 7. But, um, yeah, he was going to be 7 for 7. You know, number 7 wins number 7. But, uh, no, that just was not the case. The Steelers pretty much sleepwalking out there through the entire first quarter. Absolutely no factor whatsoever. Um, And, unfortunately, they couldn't run the ball very much when you're down by two scores. The Steelers then finally get uh, a scoring drive which winds up with Sean Sissom, who's been on about 99 teams. (laughs) Remember Sean Sissom, folks? Dallas Cowboys missed a field goal indoors against the Vikings about 35 yards indoors. Yeah, Sean Sissom. Yeah, the same Sean Sissom that was on the Washington Redskins this year in Leslie Frazier's first victory. Yeah, that guy. Pittsburgh Steelers in the Super Bowl, Sean Sissom. Go figure, but he made it 33 yards out. The Steelers finally draw a teeny bit of blood. And then what happens? Yeah, the Packers get it done again down the stretch, 21-3, to 3. <laughs> A nice pass to Greg Jennings, it's like, yeah, everybody had, everybody and their grandmother at this point knew the Packers were going to probably win the Super Bowl at this point, because the Steelers had shown no reason for anybody to believe that they were going to come back and win this game, that they had any guts right now to come back and win this game, that they had the intestinal fortitude to get this thing done. But then the Steelers do finally show something because they had to score at this point. The Steelers don't have the touchdown drive in the final two minutes in that second half. This game probably would have been a blowout, but that set the tone for the second half because the Steelers went to work in the second half. They finally looked like a team that knew what they're doing a teeny bitch. I mean, the strangest part, and uh, a lot of hosts across the league, or you know, the NFL world will say, the country... That would be nice, too. I was saying, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers were the experienced, including myself in episode number 84, by the way. The Pittsburgh Steelers are the experienced team. They're very clutch. They're going to come out. The Packers will be nervous. The Steelers will take advantage of it and will win the game. Instead, it was the exact opposite. The Packers were the brash uh, team that played as if they were experienced, even though they're not they're not experienced in the Super Bowl, including Donald Driver is not inexperienced in the Super Bowl, even though he's a lot older. Uh, and by the way, I'll get to something really quick about the Packers again, with experience and lack thereof, <laughs> and players not being healthy. But <laughs> yeah, the uh, the Steelers look like the kind of the nervous team, the team that looked a little bit shell shocked. They looked really shell shocked until that drive late in the second quarter that ended up being a finishing the half Green Bay to twenty to ten, and again everybody. Twenty-one to ten. Excuse me, everybody. Again, can see the Packers winning this through roll without the Steelers going nuts and win- and uh, taking it and just literally taking it away from the Packers. But um, man, the Packers secondary depleted badly with injuries. Unfortunately, during this game, Woodson out with a shoulder injury, uh, and then of course Donald Driver out as well during the game. Yeah, you, you know you had to feel for this guy, regardless of how how you feel about the Packers. He's kind of been there, Chris Carter. He's he's number eighty. He's Mister Veteran Quarterback, or excuse me, Receiver, who's been there. He's the all time leading receiver for the Packers. He's been a great receiver for a long time. May have an outside shot of getting to get into the Hall of Fame someday, maybe, but I don't know. It's up to you what you think about that. Uh, might need a little more numbers for that, but he has been a very <laughs> big time receiver for the Green Bay Packers for many years. Including the Brett Favre, era, like all, like you know, quite a bit of it, pretty much since about 2000. Donald Driver's been there, getting it done with the Packers, and uh, that's a guy I feel good for on on this day for the Green Bay Packers. The rest of them, whatever, they're arch rivals, and uh, especially Aaron Rodgers is an arch rival. But um, hey, I feel good for uh, Donald Driver in that situation. How can you not? Uh, how can you not? Indeed. The Pittsburgh Steelers, though, did come back in that second half. They looked like a team that was uh, rejuvenated. They believed in themselves, and they were going to take this thing away from the Packers. But it just wasn't enough, folks. It just wasn't enough. <laughs> after Shard Manninghall was able to deliver a touchdown for the pa- for the Steelers, the Packers then return early in the fourth quarter on a very strong scoring drive. A very strong scoring drive. This, of course, after a very painful turnover. A very, very painful turnover. In fact, both of these touchdown passes to Greg Jennings were after turnovers. One of them, an interception from Ben Roethlisberger. That was, of course, late in the first half. That was crucial. That was just brutal. But here was the big one. This was the biggest of them all. Looked like the Steelers were going to get things going here. They're going to score a touchdown, make this thing 24-28, maybe ultimately 25-28 which they eventually did. (laughs) Eventually, yeah, they did it on the next drive. But Rashard Mendenhall fumbles the ball away, and the Packers basically scored within, shucks, about 40 seconds. I mean, it was just boom, boom, boom. I mean, it was three pass completions for Aaron Rodgers, ultimately hitting Greg Jennings in the corner, the back corner on a perfect pass and catch. The Greg Jennings That ultimately the scoring uh, play that finished this off the Steelers in the end. It really did. That was the game-winning play. I mean, everybody and their mother knew, once Rashard Mendenhall fumbled that ball, that the the mentality of the Steelers, the momentum of the Steelers was over. You could see it in the Packers' faces that they knew, they knew in their hearts and souls that they won this thing. And when Greg Jennings brought that thing in, it was like another team, another 10-6 and 6 team is going to win the Super Bowl. The Giants did it, and now the Packers have done it. And the frickin' 12-4 and 4 Vikings last year who probably could have easily been 14-2 and us getting to the 2009 Vikings. Could have been 14-2. and 2. I mean, they were talented enough for that kind of record. But 12-4, and 4, a very strong 12-4. Couldn't even make it to the Super Bowl. And this 10-6 and 6 Packer team is is going to win it. And you just knew it at this point. You knew it. You just knew it, despite the fact the Steelers still had a very strong chance to win this thing. And yes, they did a very powerful drive at Ben Roethlisberger. A very nice <laughs> first down eclipse I've been rather. I mean, this guy can run. He's big, but boy, is he mobile. He just gets around people. The last second, you think you got him, but he, this guy, you never bring him down. Breaks loose for first downs down the stretch. A perfect pass to Mike Wallace. Finally, somewhat of a deep play rather than a bread shoulders type offense where it's like three, three yards and, and that's it type of passing in this Steelers offense. A very nice pass to Mike Wallace. Perfect again, as mentioned, and it's like, oh, wow, the Steelers have a chance here. By the way, Antoine Wendell made some nice plays in this game all over the place. Ultimately, he got that crazy reverse, crazy-looking reverse, which ultimately wound up a two-point conversion to make it 28-25 rather than 28-24, or 28-23, that is. (laughs) You know, it could have been either one of those. But no, it made it a field goal game on a very solid play. but the Packers did what they had to here. They ate up the clock. They didn't eat up enough of the clock. No, they didn't. But they ate up a lot of the clock. They ate up about five minutes. Got wonderful. Got really close to actually scoring a game-winning touchdown all the way up to the goal line. But the Steelers' defense gave that team one last bit of hope because if the Packers were able to score a touchdown there, we all know it's completely over. It'd be a 10-point game or 9-point game or whatever, and the Steelers were dead without a couple of onside kicks or something recovered. Steelers all but completely dead at that point otherwise. Um, boy, Anton Wendell oh, was pretty good, though. It was nice to see him back on the Steelers again. Um, man, just a crazy, crazy game. Crazy game. Crazy game. I mean, a very strong finish. But that Packers drive, it's like, there you go. you got to run the clock as best you can but oh wait, the Packers don't have the running game the Steelers do, so it's kind of harder to run down the clock, but they ran down a decent amount, got a 23-yard field goal, a chip shot by Mason Crosby to make it 31-25. The Steelers' last gasp, last gasp, was just not enough. They used up a lot of time getting a couple <laughs> a couple first downs. Third and five, fourth and five. A lot of people believe that Mike Wallace was uh, interfered with on the play, but it didn't really look like it, it looked like it was just an inaccurate pass, they believe that the Packer defender, the cornerback tangled their legs with Mike Wallace but ultimately the flag was not thrown on the 4th and 5 play and uh, that was it that was it, all the Packers had to do was knee down and that was it, kneel down about the final 49 seconds or whatever it was and there's your Packer championship and uh (laughs) wow I mean, you just sit here in utter shock. You can't believe what happened. You just can't believe, again, that the Packers ended up not even only making it to the Super Bowl, but winning it. They won it. Oh, my God, they won it. <laughs> yes, they did. And we just sit here, hungrier than ever, <laughs> more jealous than ever, and uh, wondering, when will it be our turn? Purple Mafia faithful, when will it be our turn? I'm asking it, too. I'm with you. I'm with all of you. But it was a fun game. It was entertaining. And ultimately, well, I guess the better team won. I guess. I guess. I mean, they were kind of like the New Orleans Saints, really. A very, very good quarterback. And a a defense that forced turnovers and got it done. They just got it done. They beat the team with a better history. The Vikings have a better history than the Saints. The Packers have a great history, but the Steelers have an even better history, at least since the Super Bowl started. The Super Bowl format started. The Packers ultimately have the best history of any team in football since uh, all time, since the NFL started back in you know the day, the 20s. But, um, well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, what more can you say? What more can you say? I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a, is a top-four quarterback in this league, and there's no doubt about it. Um, he's already got as many Super Bowls as Brett Favre. He's got a he's got one more MVP than Brett Favre did in the Super Bowl. He's got one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what more can you say? It's just it's mind-boggling. It's completely mind-boggling to see this kind of thing take place. Tough, very tough to swallow for Viking fans, but at the same time, a very entertaining team in Green Bay, a talented team. A cocky team, but a talented team. And uh <laughs> it's like you wish you were you, you wish we were an AFC town. Then you might not have to hate the Packers as much as we do, but but we do. And uh <laughs> that's about all there is to it. Sorry for saying and uh so much. I guess a lot of people on the show on shows say it sometimes. Um, but this was It was a great football game. And I guess that's all there is to it. <laughs> Congratulations, Packer fans! I know there are some of you out there. I know there are Schmitty. If you're still listening, I I hope you are. Haven't heard from me in a long time, a long time. I used to hear from him on Facebook a lot, but uh, I'm sure some Packer fans are listening to Purple Mafia and have been listening because I've been respectful to that team, especially when Brett Favre was there. I have been respectful for uh, to that team during the Purple Mafia era and the Paladino Live era on YouTube because. Yes, they're arch-rival, but at the same time, this is football. This isn't war, you know. This isn't war. Nobody's dying. Nobody's dying out there. Nobody's getting shot at. There's no bombs. You know, none of that is happening. It's football. It's fun. Uh, We hate hate the over-trash talk by the Packer fans. I mean, the Packer fans do talk more trash than Viking fans, and everybody knows it. But unfortunately, when you have four Super Bowls, And we have done, it's just one of those things. They have that advantage, and it's going to take a long time to eclipse that. It's going to take a Minnesota Vikings dynasty and a great, great dynasty to eclipse that. And that is what we're going to discuss in episode number 86, is how we're going to attempt to even approach building a dynasty. Or a one-year wonder. No, not a one-year wonder, but at least one freaking Super Bowl championship. As again, that is the only thing... Left the Vikings getting to the super Bowl wouldn't be enough they need to win it they need to win it um that's just all there is to it there <sighs> but that was a i was a worthy football game last night- guys guys and gals, ladies and gentlemen it was a worthy football game i'm glad i I'm glad I was able to watch it i i was it was a very nice nice it was very nice football it was. And uh, the team that outplayed the other, in the end, won it. It's just all there is to it, regardless if you like them or not. And a lot of us hoping and praying that they aren't the next dynasty. But the possibility does exist and persists. So again, episode number 86 will be about the state of the Vikings' address. We are going to hope this team can get things going right away. Adrian Peterson will be going into his fifth season. Jared Allen is, shucks, almost 30 now. He's about 29. Uh, Kevin Williams is about the same age. You know, you got to go out and win and win now. But at the same time, you need pieces to develop as well on the fly. Within the next two to three years, we hope the Vikings can be back in the NFC Championship game and this time win it and ultimately, <laughs> ultimately do what the Packers did last night. Simply outplay your opponent in a, in a big game. That's what you got to do. Outplay them and win the damn thing. Period. So with that, we are going to get to the contact details. Kerbal Mafia, again, mentioned on the thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. We would like you to please join the message boards on the thesportstuff.com. Simply go to the front page, click on the button that says TSS Boards on the upper right-hand corner, then click on Register and create a screen name, make it something that uh, makes sense and isn't a bunch of jumbled words because that was, of course, most likely... Sp- spam. Most people would assume that is that it's spam. Make it Adrian. P- I don't know. Make it whatever you want. Make it Joey from Golden Valley. Okay, that would be me. But uh, ultimately, I'm Paladino Joey. Maybe have a kind of a nickname like that, uh, or Anthony from L.A., or Brent from Lakeville, or whatever. You know, Apple Valley. Whatever. <laughs> you know, something cool. Something something that identifies you as well. You. That's about all there is to it. Then you could talk about the the NFL on there. Uh the boards are split up in divisions, as I mentioned before, but maybe there's new listeners, of course, so I'm going to mention it every time. Split up in divisions, so the NFC North, you could talk about all the teams on there, you could trash talk about our Vikings over the Packers next year. Well, I hope so. But, uh, yeah, it's available to you if you're going to do it or not. It's available to you. We'd love to have you on board. Please do join the message boards on the com. Also, as mentioned... <laughs> We do have a voicemail, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. You could have your voice as mine here on Pearl Mafia. I'd appreciate it very much. State your name and town. Mention you're calling it Pearl approval mafia first, of course, and then opine. Shout out, question, whatever. It would be great. Maybe a packer pan talking trash. Hey, you're welcome on the show. This is America. You know, you let your voice be heard. Let your voice be heard. Not everybody has to like what you have to say. And uh, you don't have to like what I have to say either. So welcome on board. Yeah, I wasn't really saying the Packers were going to win the Super Bowl at all. In fact, I thought they were going to get beat by the Eagles. So again, you don't have to like what I have to say either. You don't. It was my opinion. I was wrong. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry to you, and I'm sorry to all Viking fans that things took place the way they did the last year and a half. It's just, it sucks. It sucks we're still waiting and not only still waiting, but uh, have a very uncertain future right now, despite the fact our coach is well-liked. We, we don't know how good he is yet, though signs would indicate he has a chance to be pretty good. So, there you go. I'm kind of rambling again. <laughs> Remember the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia show. Do give that a like. We would like that and post on there. Of course, like. When you click like, it's like joining it. So, please help me out. Do that. Also, twitter.com forward slash purple mafia show do give that a follow twitter.com forward slash purple mafia show and those of you out there that love this show and would like to help it and know this is not asking for money it's asking maybe write a view, review on iTunes if you have time <laughs> write a write a review on iTunes tell us what you like about the show maybe what you don't like about the show give me a nice rating on the purple mafia part of uh, iTunes yep look up pro mafia on iTunes and write a review about the show. That's not asking for money, is it? It's just if you have the time and you love the show and you want to give me a nice review, I'd appreciate it. So please consider that if you could. With that, we are going to call it a day. We are going to call it a week. And we'll be back to talk about the State of the Vikings Address within a week or two. Hopefully just a week, but maybe a second week, depending on what happens. Shucks. We don't even know what stadium we're going to play in yet. Oh, goody. State of the Vikings Address will be in episode number 86. Until then, all of you, take care.